G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Dr. Michael Youssef. Sometimes when the waters of life are smooth, it could mean that spiritual stagnation has begun to sit in in your life. The hours when you are struggling and facing crisis after crisis, when you're running uphill and the wind against your face. These are often times when you and I are growing in our spiritual walk with the Lord. Thanks for joining Dr. Michael Yusuf for Leading the Way. Life brings seasons, sometimes quiet seasons, times when rest is easily found. Yet so is stagnation. There are also times when trial after trial come knocking on your door, making you feel like a weather reporter doing a live shot in a hurricane. Today on Leading the Way, a look into a season in Abraham's life and God's promise during that season. This quick reminder before Dr. Yusuf begins, when you contact us for any reason, make sure you let us know how you connect to Leading the Way. That information helps Dr. Yusuf be the best steward possible with God's provision. Listen now as Dr. Yusuf begins a message from his series, Abraham, Journey of Faith. Imagine a, uh, a baseball team that has been struggling for a while and all of a sudden they find themselves a super pitcher. I mean, this guy could send it down at 115 miles. He can send a uh, fastball, a knuckleball, a spinning ball, every kind of ball. But he has one problem. He refuses to watch the signals of the catcher. So whenever the catcher would signal him for a low fast ball, he would throw an inside curveball. Now the results are not very pretty. Eventually, no matter how good this uh, hot shot may be, the team will lose. This kind of pitcher is a picture of an individual Christian who works hard, who tries hard, but refuses to get his signals from the Lord Jesus Christ. The consequences are unpleasant, often. And today we encounter Abraham in Genesis 16 and 17 to be doing his own pitching without paying attention to the signal. Turn with me to those passages in Genesis 16 and 17. When we left Abraham in Genesis 15, he was spiritually and emotionally on a peak. God has passed through the pieces of the sacrifice to confirm his covenant with Abraham. And you would have thought that from that moment on, Abraham is going to live a life of obedience. He's going to get a life of trusting in God and waiting upon God. But instead, in a moment of impatience, he did an about face and stumbled headlong into one of the biggest messes that he's ever made 
And we're still suffering from that mess today. I'll come to that in a minute. In Genesis 15, 4, you remember? Abraham was reminding the Lord of the estate planning system in the era of Chaldeas. Namely, of adopting Eliezer of Damascus to be his son and heir. And then he will inherit him and he will be. And God said, read my lips. No, I'm going to bless you supernaturally with a son. Now, after that, Sarah had two problems. One, she was thoroughly frustrated because she was unable to fall pregnant. Now, I want to tell you something. Until and unless you've been in that situation, you really cannot be quick to judge Sarah. It was a desperate time for her. Secondly, it didn't seem that at her age, she's going to be able to fall pregnant and have a baby. So, as it was the custom in the era of Chaldeans, a barren woman who's a maid of the mistress, if she falls pregnant by the master, as long as she delivers the baby sitting on her mistress' knees, that child be considered the master's son. The wife would take him as her own son. So, in chapter 16, verse 2, look at it with me. Sarah tells Abraham, God has prevented me from having a baby. How about that, huh? Well, if she's going to blame somebody, might as well be God, right? She believed that God closed her womb, but he couldn't open it and give her a baby. How many of us blame God when things go wrong and refuse to believe that out of the wrong and the bad and the evil, God can bring together something good and beautiful? How many times we believe that? Sarah's notion was the epitome of self-sacrifice. But sometimes we do the wrong thing out of the right motive. And I want to tell you, if it's not honoring to God, it's wrong. You see, it was the natural thing to do. And please hear me right. Whenever it is the natural thing to do, it is not the supernatural. So Abraham and Sarah finally found out a way to help God to perform his miracle. So in this case, little Ishmael came on the scene, born to unhappy mother, Born to every kind of tension and resentment. And no wonder the Bible calls him a wild donkey of a man. <laughs> so in verse 4, Hagar began to despise Sarah and Sarah began to resent Hagar. <laughs> I want you to notice in verse 5 how short our memories are. <laughs> Sarah said to Abraham, may the wrong you have done to me be upon you. <laughs> May the Lord judge between you and me. She seemed to forget that she's the one who instigated this whole fiasco. (laughs) And imagine all Abraham's confusion, standing there scratching his head and says, Sarah, honey, it was your idea. (laughs) What do you mean it's my idea? Don't pin it on me now. (laughs) You see, refusing to accept responsibilities for our action did not start with the left-wing liberals. Adam blamed Eve, Eve blamed Satan, and here Sarah sought to place the whole blame on Abraham. And who would blame Hagar? I mean, she's carrying the boss's baby. I mean, for her, that was a promotion on the job. (laughs) She's no longer a maid, and she started looking down her nose at her mistress. And the more Hagar's figure blossoms, the more Sarah becomes cantankerous and difficult to live with. Now, men, I want you to learn from Abraham today. Learn how he handled the situation. Abraham understood the first lesson in survival. 
and it's called surrender. <laughs> he knew that he couldn't get on the plane and, and head out for a business trip. <laughs> so he said to Sarah, he said, look, she's all yours. Do all you want to do, and I'm going to go out and talk to the camels. <laughs> Verse 6, Hagar did what many people tend to do when they face a crisis. She ran away from the problem. When things get tough, the tough get going at the door. (laughs) Most of us prefer to run away rather than hang in there and deal with our problems. People quit jobs, people quit schools, they walk out on marriage partners, and they do it with amazing speed. God doesn't expect me to be unhappy, does he? And they run away. The problem is they don't realize that in running away, they're taking their problem with them. Wherever they go, they got their problem with them. They haven't dealt with it. They don't realize that the problem is in the person that they're looking at in the mirror. For Hagar, this was one of those difficult times. She could not handle it, and she was heading back for Egypt. But before she got too far, an angel of the Lord finds her, and he tells her to return to her mistress. Verse 9 of chapter 16. The angel tells her two things that she doesn't like, neither do you, neither do I. What are these two things? In fact, he told her those, those two things that often gives our generation A mailbox moment. (laughs) Return and submit. We don't like those. Most of us pray, Lord, change the circumstances. I've prayed that prayer, but not once did I hear the Lord saying, Okay, Michael, I'll do that. (laughs) Not once. Trust me. I am telling you, this is a testimony to the Lord. I often hear him loud and clear, and he said, hey, I'm trying to change you to fit your circumstances. That's what God does. He wants to change us. And Hagar comes back, and she puts up with with Sarah for about 13 more years. (laughs) At this point, chapter 16 ends, and it tells us that Abraham was 86 years of age. Now, if you haven't listened to anything I've said so far... If you're wandering somewhere, your mind has gone a million miles away, I want you to focus with me just for a bit. This is the most important part in this message. Between the age of 86, at the end of chapter 16, at the age of 99, in the beginning of chapter 17, the Bible is absolutely silent. Nothing is said. 13-year period between the end of 16 and the beginning of 17. And the Bible does not tell us why the Bible is silent. And I want you to listen carefully because I always make a distinction between what I'm saying and what is the scripture telling. And this is my conjecture here. There was nothing important to report in that 13 year period. And I want to tell you that there's nothing important that goes on in your life or in my life when we are out of the will of God. Because that's where Abraham was. And when Abraham and Sarah tried to interpret the will of God by what seemed to be natural, they marched right out of fellowshipping with God. And the moment they marched out of the will of God, Ishmael was born and their spiritual growth began to stop. 
This is the second time here you see that Abraham wandered into a period of spiritual stagnation. And since I start making conclusion about this period, might as well go the whole way. <laughs> During that period, I speculate that most likely Abraham became successful as ever. Most likely his influence in the community was never greater. Most likely his reputation of being a hero for rescuing Lot made him an important citizen. But most of all, Abraham thought that everything between him and the Lord is hunky-dory. Watch out. That's a dangerous place to be. After all, he helped God fulfill his miracle, fulfill his promise. Abraham was living a life of a perfect gentleman farmer. No crisis to talk about. No hassles. No financial crisis. No family crisis. No testing. No hassles. Oh, God must be pleased with me. (laughs) Now, my friend, I want you to listen, please, very carefully. The times when the waters of your life are smooth, it is time for you to be concerned about your relationship with the Lord. Abraham failed to recognize that smooth water did not always mean that God is pleased with him. Sometimes when the waters of life are smooth, it could mean that spiritual stagnation has begun to sit in in your life. The hours when you are struggling and facing crisis after crisis, when you're running uphill and the wind against your face. These are often times when you and I are growing in our spiritual walk with the Lord. Don't knock them down. We don't like them. But this is the secret of your growth in mind. God does not necessarily want comfortable Christians. I don't read it anywhere in the scripture. Read Acts chapter 13. When the apostles were absolutely harassed, the scripture said they were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. When circumstances seem to be easy and comfortable, it can mean that spiritual progress is at standstill. I think the main reason for Abraham's peace of mind during that period of 13 years was the fact that he was living in a false premise. Some of you are living in a false premise. He thought that Ishmael was the fulfillment of God's promises. And the Lord had to reprogram Abraham out of his self-centeredness. The Lord had to reintroduce Abraham to the big picture of God. So at the age of 99, on his 99th birthday, the Lord pays him a visit. Now, if any of you are keeping a ledger, it's been 24 years now since God promised Abraham in Genesis 12. And here in 17.1, turn to it, 17.1. I want you to mark in your Bibles, by the way, that period of 13 years. Put it down there. It will remind you as you read the Bible again in 10 years' time. Verse 1. For the first time, the Lord now identifies himself to Abraham in a different way. He identifies himself as El Shaddai. That magnificent Hebrew word which means the Almighty One. The All-Powerful One. In other words, he's saying to Abraham, I didn't need your improvising. I just needed your obedience. 
Then he commands Abraham, walk before me and be blameless. Do you know why God said this to Abraham? God is saying to Abraham, don't keep on making the same mistake over and over and over again. Don't keep making the same mistake. How many of us spiritually just keep on making the same mistake and we repent and we fall again? And God is saying to Abraham, walk before me and be blameless. Learn from your experience. Learn from the lessons that I have allowed in your life. But you know, there is a comforting note here. You just blessed my heart. And it is this. God's promises are never affected by our failure. Our failure is painful to us. Our failure can stomp our spiritual growth. Our failure hurts those around us. But thank God, His promises remain the same. And here at the age of 99 for Abraham and 90 for Sarah, God is about to renew His work in their life. He changes the name of Abraham to Abraham and Sarai to Sarah. But not only that, He's about to bless them with a son of their own. Now listen, please, don't ever think that you are too old to accomplish great things for God. Now I don't mean you're going to have babies like Abraham, but you sure can have spiritual children at any time in your life. Even when you are physically unable to get around, you know what? You can intercede and you can pray better than the rest of us. God can use you at any age. I want you to notice with me in verse 8, In fact, the first eight verses of chapter 17, there's something profound here. Mark it in your Bible. What is happening? God is coming there and he's talking to Abraham. And he's saying to Abraham, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to fulfill my promise. And I'm going to give you a son. And you know, until you get to verses 15 and 16, you don't realize what Abraham was thinking. Most of us said, I'll be preaching and you're thinking of something else. Right? That happens. And sometimes, you know, men are notorious with this. They'll be listening or at least pretend to be listening and they're not really listening. And that's what's happening here. God is talking to Abraham about the fulfillment of the covenant. All that Abraham is thinking about is Ishmael. God is talking about something new, something magnificent, something supernatural. And all that Abraham is doing is thinking about Ishmael, Ishmael, Ishmael. God already has given me a son. He must be going to bless him some more. And then he goes in and said, As for Sarah, I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of all people shall come out of her. And Abraham, still thinking Ishmael. And he hears the Lord say something about Sarah. He says, Oh, isn't that nice? He's going to remember Sarah. (laughs) Isn't that sweet of the Lord to do that? And all of a sudden, he probably stopped halfway through his thought. And he says, What? (laughs) Sarah? Now, you don't mean that, Lord. You already given me a son by Sarah through Hagar. We took care of that for you. Lord, Ishmael is already born. Surely, surely, Lord, he is the boy that you want. How often that we settle for second best when God wants us to have his best. That's what Abraham is doing right here. Have you ever thought... That you have heard the Lord 
when you basically have heard the voice of your desire, what the flesh is telling you? Have you ever thought that you were in God's will when you're actually doing what you want to do? Have you ever been convinced about something to be the will of God and you go on your merry, happy way and then you face the rude awakening and it was not the will of God at all? Poor old Abraham. He was in one of those predicaments. Now, every bit of wheeling and dealing for the past 13 years went up in smoke. Why do you suppose that God waited for so long? (laughs) I'll tell you why. Because geriatric maternity wards are not very common. (laughs) And often God works when the very last human possibility has been exhausted. Only when you come to the end of your tattered rope that he comes in and he hands you a silken cord. Only when you begin to sink in your canoe in the middle of the ocean does he lift you up and invite you to his ocean liner. For 13 years, Abraham planned his life. He planned his hope on Ishmael. He pinned his hope on Ishmael. Now his heart is throbbing with heartache. And the Lord must have known that. So to soften the blow, he says, My covenant I will establish with Isaac when Sarah will bear you a child at this time next year. Glory. No more waiting. (laughs) That's it. Is God silent in your life? Have you given up listening to the voice of God, thinking that if the waters of life are smooth with you, Everything must be okay between you and the Lord. Take time to listen to God. And I pray that He will speak to us. Dr. Michael Yusuf, encouraging you to long for the blessings that bloom from obedience. Hey, before time is completely gone, here's a couple of ways to connect with Dr. Yusuf and leading the way. One way is by phone. 1-300-133-589. That's 1-300-133-589. And another is the website, ltw.org. ltw.org. You know, as we've looked at the life struggles of Abraham, we see a great reminder that God calls ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And like Abraham, God leads, shapes, and equips you for his calling as you step out in faith and obedience to do the extraordinary. That was the case with Dr. Yusuf and leading the way. You see, when God prompted Dr. Yusuf to begin the Church of the Apostles in Atlanta, his obedience led to a foundation being established for a worldwide ministry through the media, leading the way. Now impacting lives across six continents in more than 27 languages and growing. The world is changing in an increasingly complex society. Moving at a pace faster than any in human history, people have more questions than ever before. And as people all over the world wrestle with questions of morality, justice and faith, fewer and fewer people are turning to the one who made them for answers. Who will reach this growing mission field for Christ? The answer is Dr. Michael Yusuf and Leading the Way from Dual Language Radio Programs, 
to on-the-ground discipleship teams. Leading the Way is uniquely equipped to cross cultural barriers to share the love of Jesus with non-Christians. Through our Vision 2025 initiative, Leading the Way is using traditional media, social channels, on-the-ground networking and live events to send the gospel forward to communities hungry for the Word of God. Contact us today to find out more about how you can get involved. Learn more about how you can partner with Dr. Yusuf around the world when you call the resource line at 1-300-133-589. Once again, 1-300-133-589. Or at ltw.org. Make it a favorite, or possibly your homepage. Again, ltw.org. This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef, passionately proclaiming uncompromising truth around the world. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.